Good afternoon and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 223. Happy Monday afternoon. Uh, we are recording uh, and reviewing about the Inter 1 Roma nil game yesterday afternoon or yesterday evening. Uh, the clocks have gone back in the UK and I've sort of lost where I am at the moment. You lose that hour, uh, you gain that hour and you, your body clock goes up all over the place. Uh, so it, it takes me a couple of days to get used to it. Uh, with me this afternoon, because we are recording on a Monday afternoon for me, and probably a Monday morning for you, uh, Joey, how are you? I'm okay, how are you, Scott? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Went to a game Saturday, sat up in the gods in an empty football stadium, soulless empty football stadium, which is too big for a club in League 2, and we lost 3-2. And I watched England losing the cricket, and then I watched Roma almost hold out for 80 minutes. And then a momentary lapse of concentration cost us at the game. But apart from that, it's all good. I'm back to work in a couple of weeks. But yeah, all good. Can't complain. Good. Uh, as we, as I was mentioning to you pre-pod, we've already started to get a little bit of snow. So there's something I actually can complain about. <laughs> I, I really, I hate snow. And our clocks hasn't changed here until uh, next weekend, so uh, we'll gain that hour next weekend from you guys. So I think we're we're a six hour time difference for for a week. So it's is it half past nine a.m. for you? No, it's half past eleven. Half past eleven. Ah, and it's half past nine somewhere in the states. So you're half uh, eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So that's West Coast, and yeah. um, when the clocks change here, the thing is around four p.m. It starts to get dark after. Oh, yeah. the yeah, and it's just, I don't know, it's just when you don't have sunlight. I love sun, love enjoying the sun, and when you start seeing it be completely pitch black at 4 p.m., uh, it's just, you know, winter's coming. So, But other than that, I mean, can't complain. Everything's been all right. I did get a coffee yesterday afternoon after watching England losing the cricket at my local Tesco's. I got a Costa, and that was like quarter past 20 past four. I got home, I got home at 20 to 5, and it was starting to get pitch black then. And when I was watching the first half, it was, it got really dark, pitch black outside. So it's coming to that autumny feel around the world. Well, in the, uh, what are we, northern, northern hemisphere, not in the southern hemisphere, where it's going to be their summer. So we come from a bit of a, a bit of a cold October too. It's going to be a very cold November and December. So that's something to look forward to. Um, before we start, uh, are you, you're a hockey fan, aren't you? Yes, I am. I actually have a, my own podcast we do for hockey. So yeah, we cover it very extensively. There were two sad deaths at the weekend. One in the, in TV world. I'm a, I was fr- a friend's fan. So Matthew Perry passing away was quite sad. Um, only 54 and yeah, played Chandler Bing in friends, but, um, Adam Johnson died here in the UK, took a, was it a skate to the neck in a freak accident? Yeah, it's one of the first of its kind. I think, uh, I've seen some of those incidents before, but, um, a hockey player has never died from it up until Adam Johnson's death. So, 
uh, freak accident I heard about it. He played for the Pittsburgh Penguins here yeah. in North America as the big uh, hockey team in the NHL, the biggest, obviously the biggest league in the world. So um, I don't think his career really worked out from here. And then he went on to Europe and yeah, just a freak action. And condolences to both him and obviously Matthew Perry. That was something to wake up to yesterday. Uh, I was a bit sad and France was my childhood. So it's a bit weird that, it's just a, it's a bit sad. Yeah, uh, I've seen some old clips on that, but I, I thought I wanted to start the pod on a somber note. Um, I know you were a hockey fan, and someone decided to share the clips on social media. I was like, do not share the clips on social media. It's quite, don't be that person. Um, yeah, it's res- horrific. Respect yeah. the respect, Mister Johnson, for what he was and uh, and who he was, and respect the family and friends also. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad the the clips. Like, I I wouldn't share any clip uh, as well for Adam Johnson. I mean, we you don't need to see the the accident or the injury. Sorry, and then that led to his death. It's it's. I I mean, I really don't recommend it. And for Matthew Perry, um, I I liked Friends. I watched many many episodes. I wouldn't say it's my favorite show, but it definitely was a good show to always sort of binge on and obviously had great moments. And I was sharing some, uh, some good, uh, clips of when Chandler Bing had some of his funniest moments with Joey Tribbiani. So it was, it was really sad to see about, about Matthew Perry and again, rest in peace to both of them. Here, here. Um, should we go on to the football? Into yeah, one, that's good. Into one, Roman. Now you were quite angsty and annoyed. The polite words to say it. I guess both of our thoughts about Fabio Maresca will be the same. Oh, of course, probably, definitely. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, I can do a whole podcast just on him. That's how sad it is. It's just awful. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, true. Um, there was some good football on yesterday. Sadly, I missed the Calorie Frosinone game. Uh, Eusebio Di Francesco scoring up a three-goal lead to Claudio Ranieri and losing Napoli. 4-3. Uh, Napoli-Milan was an absolute belter. So happy I actually watched that. Uh, but into Roma, I'll give my thoughts and I'll come to you after. I think it was it went to be expected to be as a Roma fan. Set up in a three five two, five three two, I think it was pretty much a five three one one at most points. Low block. Tried to frustrate a, a very good inter team who are just flying at the moment in Europe and in this area. What else could Roma do? The only downside I just wish Roma showed a bit more attacking threat. I think three shots on goal. One on target, the Cristante save, I think it was 58 minutes in, was the first shot on target. They had the chances. I think they sort of t- tried panicked when they got closer to goal. But they did well for 80 minutes and then just a momentary lapse from Christensen just let DeMarco get ahead of him. And then Marcus Taram who was probably the better of the two strikers against Lataro Martinez, got ahead of Diego Llorente and Ndika, 
and um, hit it home. And that was it. I think I would have like if you are if you asked me before kickoff, I would have taken a one nil. I think Roma defended really well, but just didn't offer anything going forward. And with the missing of Smalling, Pellegrini, Dybala, I don't count Renato Sanchez as a first-team player. Spinazzola was missing also. So you're missing four, three quality players, one and two squad players. It's not a bad result. It's not the end of the world. It could have been a lot worse, like, it could have been against a, what Inter did to AC Milan and was it 5-0 or 5-1 in the end? Um, it's it's not the end of the world. It's just a it's the first defeat in five in all comps. And then we've got Lecce next week. Hopefully they can bounce back, get some injured players back before the derby and before the November international break. And we go again. Like we held Inter, we nearly shithoused a 0-0 draw, which would have been... Uh, Amazing, but uh, we go again. Uh, what was your thoughts on it, Joey? Uh, it was it was frustrating for for myself. It's just I, I'm not putting blame on Mourinho, the injuries, the management. It's it's probably all a collective. What's frustrating, Scott, is that it's just it's so long. You can even say even before Mourinho, it is so long where we go into a match. And the match turns out to be this way. And it just, I just sort of get tired of it. Again, I didn't expect Roma to come out guns blazing. I mean, you're playing two days after Europa League, which is ridiculous. And I agree. They said, why wasn't this game played on Monday? Which I absolutely agree, Brian. I agree 100%. This game should be played on a Monday. Why would Lazio and Fiorentina be able to be played on a Monday, but not Roma and Inter? It, it doesn't make it, that that part doesn't make sense. So it, there was a lot going against us. So besides the referee, which again, Mareska, I don't know how I, I thought he refs Roma well in a sense where he gave the yellow cards that probably should have been yellows, but it's the opposite. He didn't do it to enter. So he didn't give yellow cards. And I was even messaging you saying that's yellow, that's yellow, that's yellow. Anyways, beyond the referee, you know, you have the schedule going against you, you're missing. The amount of players you mentioned, at least three of them are, uh, uh, th- no, four of them are starters because Spinazzola would definitely start over Zalewski. You got fatigue. You got the way the, the team is constructed. I am just tired of going into a match against a formidable opponent, and this is the way we have to play. It's just like, it's just every single time. It's not an excuse. You know, to use the injuries, I agree 100%. None of these are excuses. I'm not blaming Mourinho. I think you have to sort of set up this way. I'm just tired of having us going into a match like that. And that's what we see in the game because there's this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. You know, injuries. It, there's always just something. It's never we're going into a match. We're not dead tired. We don't have a million injuries. We can go and play such a good match. Like AC Milan... It, AC Milan, excuse me, AC Milan and Napoli game. I want Roma to have a, a game like that where it's an exciting match to watch, even just as a fan. So that's where I'm just frustrated. Just time and time again, there's always something, whether it's an excuse or not. We go into a game and we have to play this way and just basically see how to draw. It to me gives us like there's a kind of like a defeatist attitude because that's what it seems like it is. It's like you're just 
expecting to fail in this match and you're hoping for the best and our best is a draw. Llorente says we we tried to fight hard for a draw. I, I don't know if I want to hear those words. I want to see no, we tried to fight hard to get a win. That's that's the thing that just frustrating means like every big match it's being played in this way and it's just I just want something to change with it. Again, there's not a specific blame on anybody and before anybody says oh you're trying to blame Mourinho and how he sets the up, no. Uh, I'm not putting a blame on a single person. I think it's a collective, but I just want to go into a match where Roma says, yeah, I'm going to go attack you today. Whether they win or not is a different story, but at least give it that effort. To say we're gonna f- we've almost fought hard for a draw, I don't know if I like those words, Scott. To be honest, I want them to fight for a win, not to say we almost fought hard for a draw. I know it's the best team in the league. I get it. Sassuolo went into their house. Okay, fine. The the fatigue, I get that part. But they go in and they were attacking Inter and they beat them. Bologna was doing the same with Calafuri, Calafuri at fullback. And to me, I don't rate Calafuri. They tied Inter. You know, they played they played football. They went to attack them. But they have probably less uh, reason to defend like we did, again, with the injuries and the fatigue. But it's just frustrating every single time play a formidable pole formidable opponent this is what happens and don't i i don't want this to be compared to the leverkusen game i was happy with the leverkusen game because it's different that's a cup game um you're already up on zero you win the result you move on that to me is a totally different scenario than a game like this which you're only in october uh, playing against you know one of the top sides in the league when you have many more matches to come and your objective is to make top four it's a it's a different different scenario so beyond the frustration to the game itself scott i I don't know what else to say with the fullbacks i mean those two need to not play anymore i i cannot understand christensen starting um zaleski had to but it's just it's just going it's just going down down the train for him i i don't know he cannot he cannot defend if his life depends dumfries had him on skates all game i had him on toast yeah, awful. And Christian is just, just garbage. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to say. It's just our fullbacks are, are awful. Um, I thought Urente had a good game up until the goal. Yeah, he's at fault for getting in behind. But you can see it's clear as day. Christensen lost the, the track of the ball. To DeMarco. The, to DeMarco, exactly. Lost the track of the ball and doesn't cover... To, uh, doesn't cover the space for where he's going to get across. And you know that's coming, and he doesn't cover it. He hesitates. You know that's going to come in. And it's just, he's, just, he's just awful. I mean, the fullbacks are terrible. I, I didn't mind what I saw from the center backs. I thought they played their hearts out. Maybe it looked like a bit of a too big of a game for, for Bove, in my opinion. Um uh, but again, you don't have really anybody to change unless you started a war. And then up front, I, I don't know. They they gave Lukaku a bad rating on Gazeta this morning. They say he did everything wrong, but I don't know how much right you can do with the way we played. Like, there was nothing yeah. going forward. <clears throat> he got no service at all. He got zero. Maybe he had a bad touch, but he touched the ball, what, three, four, five times that game? Uh, yeah, I think in the first seven minutes, I don't think he touched the ball. Yeah, exactly. And we, I, I can't even, I can't even count on my my hand how many times we were in the box that game. 
we had Cristante's header, which was touched on for the shot on target. I don't, you can probably count on on one hand how many times we touched the ball in their box. Oh, which I again, just, I can look for you. Uh, we had a 0.5 xg so we, we yeah. and that came all off the header i'm pretty sure was it a 0. 0.14 uh or was that on shots on target i saw it so roma at eighth which is uh, above lazio um who are played, well, tonight. played tonight yeah, yeah exactly. they're against Fiorentina uh, Fier- yeah. and Atlanta are away at Empoli. Yeah, they could have played like what you said. They could have played today, and it wouldn't have been the worst in the world. It would have been a lot better. That's what. But they actually me as well. it publicly. They actually, I, I think it was Mourinho saying it. This is another gift from uh, La Lega for playing us two days after they played Thursday, and I forget who said it. Uh, I think I don't know if it was Pinto or Mourinho, but one of them said, "Like, why wouldn't this match be played on a Monday?" And it and it's true. Like, it doesn't matter for Inter for Roma because they only play the next weekend. Like, you could have played this match on a Monday and have Inter play, uh, I believe, on the Saturday because there's, I think, there's Champions League the week after. Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's Coppa Italia this week's, uh, and there's Champions League and Europa League next week. Right, so if you play on a Monday, I don't think it harms Inter to then play on a Saturday. Yeah, you have, you have five day, another five days of rest, as opposed to Roma, who play Thursday and they play two days later. But why does Lazio Fiorentina play today, and Roma and Inter don't? That's, yeah, that's that's yeah, part on the league I don't understand. So, so Lazio played Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Fiorentina played. Yeah. Against the Serbian side in the in Conference League on Thursday, Atalanta played in the Europa League on Thursday, and they're playing to and they're both playing right. today. Um, I've got the average positions. Do you want to guess who Roma's furthest player forward was? I have to assume it's Lukaku. It's not. It's not Lukaku. Furthest player forward, uh, was it El Sharari? I mean, no. I'm going with the attacker. No, no, no. I think uh, he had the most shots on goal for Roma in the game with two. Cristante? Yes. Okay, well, why? <laughs> uh, it's very – so the deepest player, who's number 14? Was that Lorente or Ndicca? Number fourteen is Llorente, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because he was playing the centre back of the front of the front three at midfield uh, defence. Uh, yeah, it's a very skewiff looking. Oh yeah, I've got touches. Yes, I've got it. Finally, sorry, I was looking as well for touches. Uh, total shots nineteen three six possession, pass success rate, dribbles. Dispossessed. Zero corners. Tackles. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. You're not going to find many statistics. Chalkboard. That's what we want. Passes. or t- Passes or touches, would you say? Um, let's touches. Say I got touches. touches. Yeah. Uh, Lukaku had 26. Yeah, awful. It's... Terrorists, the amount, and most of them were in probably non-dangerous areas. 
Yeah, passes, he had 21. Yeah, there's not much to work with. When you're getting no. 26 touches in the game, it's really <laughs> it's not a lot. It's so, it's awful. There's no there's no there's nothing. They couldn't Scott, they couldn't even string more than like three three, passes, three together. passes together. And when they did, they panicked. Uh 22 tackles, which was the most by Paredes. And 32 clearances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just they just booted the ball when they brought in Chelik, which I don't I didn't mind the substitution no, I, just because of how bad Zaleski was playing. Yeah, you know you knew they were setting up for a tie. That, yeah. To me, they were setting up for the draw. And, and at that point, I don't mind the substitution because Zaleski um, to me was was just god awful. But again, you're looking. You're looking to just set up for the zero zero, and I thought changes should have come earlier. Guys like Al Sharari should have gone, should have came off earlier. Christensen obviously shouldn't have started, but uh, I mean, get Karsdorp. He can get down that right flank and pr- probably put in a cross. Whether it's great cross, probably not, but at least he can put something in. Uh, Christensen, I I can't tell you one attacking opportunity the guy had. He gave the he gave I, the ball away when. Um, I think Mancini was about to cross uh, in the first half and he just gave it away and I just threw my hands at the TV and I was just like, what are you doing? Doing, Yeah, he's Scott, he's truly, truly the worst fullback we have. And our fullbacks are bad to begin with. It's either him or Zaleski. Because Zaleski defensively is just, he's, he, he, I, I don't think the position's for him, I'm sorry. It's becoming like another Florenzi. Uh, to, in my eyes, that's what it's becoming. Not really sure of his role. Had a good, you know, few months to a year, and then is playing like in kind of like an um, an out of position type of role, and is not excelling at it. To me, it looks like it's becoming Florenzi two point oh, just it's yeah. on the left side rather than the right. Yeah, uh, I mean, Fl- the similarities are there. Florenzi played left left back yesterday when he came on. After. I saw him. I saw they had two injuries. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Pellegrino came on and Tia Hernandez had to go to left uh, centre back. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Because they 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 suffered two injuries. But uh, Scott, I don't know if you agree with me, but to me, that's what Zaleski's looking like. He looked absolutely lost, and he's just physically he can't handle the defensive side. It's it's truly bad. The, the first sign of it was, um, uh, well, not the first sign of it, but earlier this season, the, the the play I keep thinking about is the Rafael Leal play where he just threw him to the ground. I was like, this guy cannot handle playing fullback in this league, or even wingback, sorry. And then yesterday, Dumfries had him in circles over and over and over again. It's 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 pitiful to watch. I, I don't know how we didn't address this issue in the 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 summer. Uh, we sort of did with Christensen, but I don't know what you expect. You know, I, I know. Look, I know the Premier League is a better league, but like, there's there's got to be sort of like uh, how do I say like a, a not a limit, but there's got to be like something like a restriction of like, like you got to look at and evaluate players. Like, I, he's coming from Leeds that went to a championship, couldn't have been that great. Llorente, we knew because he he fit in the system beforehand, so we knew what he can give us. 
it's not going to work with every single player. And that's a team that got relegated. Uh, they got relegated for a reason. And he just, he wasn't good there. He's not good here. He's certainly not a good fit. I don't even think he's good enough to play for a mid, mid, uh, mid-table mid Serie A team. I really don't think he isn't. Do you think like, the I don't jump think he from... could start with someone like Bologna yeah. or even Sassuolo. Do you think the jump from, no disrespect, Austrian league uh, to Red Bull Salzburg, where he did well, won league titles, to the Premier League, and then to the jump from Premier League to Serie A is a bit, bit of a reach, a bit too much. You're going from Austrian league, I, I haven't watched, but I don't know what the style of football is like. Probably maybe a bit similar to the Bundesliga, uh, if to be respectful. And then you go into the gung-ho Premier League where, to be honest, it's like 100 mile an hour. And then you come yeah. to Serie A where it's more methodical, slow, take your time, patience, try it. It's a tactical battle. Of, uh, it's a game of chess. Who blinks first is a bit too much. Um, I agree with you. I think Karsdorp and maybe Chelik could be better fullbacks. One's very proactive and one is very defensive and does his job um, in Chelik. I, I don't understand why Chelik isn't playing more. Neither uh, do I. That, this is the perfect game for him to play. You want it to be defensive? This is the absolute perfect game for him to play to start. You don't you don't start Zaleski and Christensen. You can maybe start one of them, but then have Chelik. Or in my, in my mind, the the best two fullbacks we have that are healthy were actually Chelik and and Karsdorp. I don't care. Play them both. Yeah. Play Chelik left back to contain Dumfries, who arguably has been one of their most informed players this year. And then you play Karsdorp right back to give you some attacking output. Zaleski gave you absolutely nothing going forward, and he's the most liable defensively. And Christensen is li- to me is liable in both phases. To me, you played the two worst. That's why I don't get, I don't understand the um, the choices that 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 part I can blame Mourinho. I don't understand the choices he made by playing them two. Uh, who who played Thursday? Was it Chelek that played Thursday? It was Karsdorp and Zaleski. Yeah, so Chelek didn't. Even, he could have. He could have definitely played Chelek. And I'm sorry, Karsdorp hasn't played enough minutes to to say like, oh, we have to give him a rest. He hasn't played game in, game out like Cristante and Paredes has. He could have played Thursday and he could have played today. So I don't understand the choice of keep of playing Christensen. And it's not like Christensen's a kid either. It's not like he needs to learn. Maybe he needs to learn about the league, sure. But to learn football experience-wise, kind of like Zaleski, the guy's 26. I, if he doesn't have it now for Serie A like he did for the Premier League, I don't, I don't think it'll get any better for him, to be honest. And we just look... We look better when Karsdorp is there and even when Chelik is there. And we look worse when Christensen is there. So he's just got to drop him. I don't know what it is with him, but our fullbacks were absolutely terrible yesterday. And again, if you want the three back to work, they need to be successful. And they were the worst on the field in, in my eyes. The midfield to me looked tired. Fine that I get Paredes and Cristante playing every single game. Uh, Paredes, I think his first... Um, his first rest came when he was um, on the bench to start the the game versus Slavia Praha. He didn't start. So he's um, he's suspended. He's suspended yeah. for 
Now it's expended versus Lecce. And I can tell you right now against Lecce, it's going to be Cristante, Bove, and Awar because everybody else is... Uh, is injured. Else is, exactly. <laughs> the midfield is injured. So our first sub is going to actually be Pagano off the bench. Yeah, true. Um, I'm just looking at some of the stats from yesterday. So DeMarco did 12 crosses against on that left-hand side against Christensen. And most of them were dangerous. And yeah. even if they weren't all uh, hitting a target... Um, they were like in areas where it it flew across the box and just an interplayer didn't jump on it. That's more on the receiver rather than DiMarco because those crosses were were amazing. It like it worried me every time he had to cross the ball. Should we talk about Lukaku? Yeah, um, thirty thousand whistles, uh, a, a bad banner, which in the... they were supposed to ban, by the way. Yeah. Uh, a banner which you can see on social media is not great at all. Uh, would you say it was a baptism of fire? It wasn't the best game for him at all. And he struggled. Uh, uh, in his back three, Adam in his back pocket, Chirby, Bastone, and it was Damian in the second half and Benjamin Pavard in the first. <sighs> It was it was a bit too easy for him. He didn't, to be honest, he was, if not not one of the most ineffective players on the pitch, with a couple more. Yeah, he was he was certainly ineffective, Scott. But I I can't put the blame that it's on him. It's just the way we set up. How do you how do you want any striker to succeed? Yesterday's match. I'm just speaking specifically of yesterday. But how you set up? Ha! Huh. I don't think any striker would have succeeded yesterday at all. There, there was nothing. There was zero going forward. So I, I, I don't think he had a great match. Sure, but who's gonna have a good match as a forward when you're playing of how you set up yesterday? True. So to me, I cannot put the blame on him. Look, the fans affected him with those whistles. It's very possible there were banners there, which again, I. If this was in Rome, Scott, to me, there would have been the league would have been after Roma banning uh, the Corva or something because of, you know, they're not supposed to bring in those objects, the whistles. And they had those um, they had those uh, banners yesterday, which, you know, the fruit, which I will not mention. Yes. And they should have. Yeah, they should they should do something. But I have not heard a single word about it. It's. um we're, we're going to be at 24 hours later pretty soon and not heard a single thing about it, which is ludicrous. But anyways, back on Lukaku, maybe it got to his head, sure, but I don't know anybody who's going to succeed by by playing the way we played yesterday. I, I think not even El Sharari could, could do anything. I don't think the forwards could succeed at all in that, that specific setup. No, that's true. Um, on Inter... They look quite formidable, don't they? Marcus Saram adds them a, a different attacker up front. I think he took his goal really well. Uh, I like I like DeMarco. Uh, the midfield is very good. It's a settled team in the style of football they play. Could you see them? I know it's October. Are they title contenders at the moment? Oh, absolutely. I predicted them to win the whole thing um, before the season started. They were my number one. I think Milan will be there 
like closer to the end, but I think they'll slowly fade out. They just got more options and they just got more experience into her. So I think they're the runaway favorites, this, even despite Juve um, not having to play in Europe and um, getting a rest, you know, getting to play only once a week. I just think Juve's squad is inferior to them and uh, likewise with Milan. So yeah. I think it's inter- Inter's title to win. Well, look at the way they win games. Like yesterday's game, obviously Roma played very well defensively and uh, Inter still found a way to to score and win that game. Um, a team like Juve, would they have done the same? I'm not quite sure. And then if you look at Juve's game yesterday, um, uh, who do they play? Verona. Yeah, they had to score the last kick of the game. To be to honest, and they, I, they played really well against Hellas Verona. They should have scored a, a bit more. Absolutely. They had the chance. In that sense, is right. And in that sense, if you give that to Inter, in my opinion, I think Inter buries Verona playing that same way. Let's say they play just as well as Juve did. I think they bury those chances mm. earlier and they finish off the game. They're just more clinical, especially with Lataro and uh, Taram. So to me, they're the runaway favorites. And I don't think anybody will catch them, uh, you know, in a few months down the line. Um, I was going to mention one more thing from yesterday, and I think Sam mentioned this on his Spanish podcast, and we briefly talked about it with Rosa on Friday. Chris Smallin's injury, um, he's starting to get a bit worried at the moment. I'm very worried because he keeps coming on the, the pitch to train with the teammates, and um, he's experiencing uh, pain. He look, he feels good, maybe just individual training. And then when he comes to ramp up intensity, this is the last I've heard of it anyways. He experienced pain, so he has a setback. Again, this is a chronic tendon injury. So, I mean, I've never heard of, of this specific type of injury in a footballer before in recent times. So I don't know what the recovery time, but I, I'm extremely worried. We could not have our best defender for a while, a while yeah. maybe the whole year. We don't know. We certainly don't know, and I don't know if we have even the financial capacity to do anything in the in the winter, because we're we're only at three center backs, and one of them is going away for a month. Yeah, Afcon. So we're definitely going to have to do something. Could you potentially fear the worst? I'm fearing it now. I mean, he keeps having pain coming into group training. It's, so it, I I don't know how to not expect uh, how to not expect the worst right now because we've had two years of him being being in not injury free the odd injury here or there after his first season which was loan which was really really good then it was the first full season after the COVID season where he struggled with injuries then Mourinho come in. And the two years with that, he he was pretty good with injuries. But then this season, could it be down to the the poor preseason? Some things he's picked up. Uh, if it's chronic, you sort of have to fear the worst that potentially it could be over. I am looking through this through different lenses, but when you see the word chronic you sort of fear the worst because it could spell danger for him. 
Yeah, no, I, exactly. I've that started to creep in the back of my mind. I'm glad you brought that up because you know publicly we should, should start uh, talking about it. I do fear the worst for him and for the team because if you lose him, you're losing our best defender. And I don't think you can go into the rest of the season with Yorente and Dika and Mancini. Is so this is putting us in a really really tough spot uh, for the team and obviously for his career. I mean, this if this is chronic, who knows if this will ever go away? So I I hope for the best for Smalling. I I, I love the guy as a player and a, as a human being. He's one. He seems like to be one of the nicest guys. Uh, never gives any trouble. Works hard and he's a he's a really good defender. Um, you know, there's a reason why I think it was. I think it was Osimhen who said it, uh, even just recently, or even another good Serie A attacker. But I, I believe Osimhen said, "Who's the like one of the hardest defenders you face?" And I, I'm pretty sure he said Chris, and he said Chris Smalling. Uh, I mean, there's a reason he's one of the best attackers in the league. Right? He was one of the best defenders yeah. last season in Serie A for me. Absolutely, absolutely one of the best. We it was hard to see Roma having much success without him. So I know he started badly, but now this all makes sense. If he's suffering through an injury, this kind of makes sense because I don't think – I know age is always a factor, but I cannot see a drop-off this big from last season to now. So that this sort of all makes sense of his uh, his bad play at the beginning. So I, I do fear the worst, Scott. I, I don't know about you. Is, isn't that creeping into your mind about yeah. how you know this could be longer than what we thought? It has recently. Um, like, like I said, it's starting to get a bit worrying. And that, I think it's creeping into some of the other injuries in, at the club. Um, I saw something earlier about Renato Sanchez or Renato Sanch. Um, they're already at Ro- Ro- uh, Roma are already being linked with a, a player as his replacement and Yusuf Afana of Monaco. And a part of me thinks... Could you just ship him back in January potentially if if it if it just all goes to pot? Yeah, I can see that. As Scott, one thing actually on Renato Sanchez, do we have do we show Pinto the door with him, or does he take <laughs> the blame for not coming on the field? No, ser- seriously, it's yeah. it's an honest question. He it's, said he'll take full blame, right? So is he going to acknowledge the blame because him too? Are we never seeing the field? Because I think he's what Renato Sanch. I'm going to say it in the Portuguese way. Or Sanchez, how you go? Does he have to? He has to complete fifty five percent of all his appearances for it to be an obligation. And he's only completed ninety eight minutes, suffering two injuries in the span of a couple of weeks. Did he go off injured in the uh, the Europa League game in Moldova? Against FC yeah. Sheriff, no, FC yeah. Sheriff Tiraspol. It's just the injuries have just been containing because you've got Dybala and Pellegrini. I think one could potentially be back for next week and then push comes to shove, both could be ready for the derby. It's just, it's always injuries and who is to blame? Is it Trigoria again? Is it the fitness staff? Was it the poor preparation for preseason, which I think we talked about on the pod not so long ago, because they were supposed to go to Asia 
and that got scuppered last minute and then they had to play some games in Portugal. Four games is not enough for pre-season. Uh, well, I think three, was it three in Portugal and against Toulouse? And they're all in late to mid to late July where teams have already been playing and Roma's sort of come into the season unfit and that could show in the early signs of the season. And it just, it was a bit of a mess until like, what, the last four or five weeks? Um, I wonder if that's got anything to do with it or I'm just absolutely waffling. No, it could. I mean, it makes total, it makes total sense. But Scott, I think every year we, we suffer um, quite a few injuries, to be honest. I think it's a mix of the preseason preparation, but it's also, we know we're, we've, we're getting players. Plus we have players that have an injury history, like Sanchez, Dybala, have injury histories, and unfortunately, I think Spinazzola and Pellegrini developed one as they were with us. Um, they've been, you know, ever since, for me, for Spinazzola's case, ever since he got the Achilles injury, I just think he he broke down a little bit. Yeah, and, that was an unfortunate one. Right, and ever since then, I think it just injuries have started to creep up on him. And it, it, didn't, it didn't help him. I think he did, and I think Pellegrini... He started to develop injuries, or maybe he had one that he never fully healed from. So that's something else to consider. I know athlete Scott, they, he's a type, and I see it all the time. I see it all the time in hockey. In hockey, they like to be warriors about this too. They try to come back earlier than what they should because they want to help the team, but in the end, they just hurt themselves. And mm-hmm. that's why I feel what happens with Pellegrini. Uh, and Dybala's case and Renato Sanchez's case, they have an injury history, and we knew that taking them. So it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty unexplainable. I mean, I, I think part of it is um, preparation, but I, I can't fully blame all of it on it. So I, I don't know what else to say about it. It just, it, it just got to find a way to stop this. At yeah. least Scott, there's good news, um, you know, coming up to the Lecce game. I don't know if you saw on Sky, they say Spinazzola and Dybala should recover. So uh, yeah, I saw the Dybala one. Um, you know, you mentioned hockey. I see it in cricket. So cricket World Cup's going on at the moment. And England are having the worst tournament <laughs> that they are having. They <laughs> lost to India yesterday. So as a side a side note. But we see this now in all sports. Uh, England, uh, so the, one of the England players, he's, he retired last year and then came back and then they shoehorned him in. And he's got a very dodgy knee and he's not fit. And it to, it shouldn't have been done. He's the test captain and he should have been focusing on, focusing on the test captain. And we see it in football. I see it in cricket. You probably see it in the Americanized sports of hockey, basketball, baseball, NFL and stuff like that, where players play injured and they shouldn't. They shouldn't take it as a risk. They should... They try to play through the pain barrier and say everything's all right, so they want to act tough or macho. And this is going to hurt them down the line. Absolutely. You could... I used to watch wrestling. I've seen people um, get really bad injuries, and they're in wheelchairs in later life. Sadly, a wrestler died in the summer after he got paralyzed 20 years ago in the ring, um, Darren Jozdov, and he died not so long ago. 
He's in his 50s. You, you see these impact sports that we watch. It does take its toll on them. And yes, it does. And it hurts down the line. So they have to... They <sighs> Roma, for this tendency, always buy these players in the last few years where they have horrific injury records. I always think of Diego Perotti. Wonderful player on its day, but worst injury record and it's the same with a player that Roma was linked with in the summer. Duvan Zapata. Absolute, had one of the best seasons he ever had in eighteen nineteen. I think it was eighteen nineteen. No one could touch him and he was unplayable. But I think since the COVID seasons, season, well, if that season's rolled into three, he had a horrific injury record. And it's, it's something that we should more talk about in football. And on this podcast with your Roma's record of injuries. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's a fine line. Some people get over it and uh, they're, they're able to adjust maybe their lifestyle and who the trainers are. Look at El Sharari. Um, a big reason why he kind of left Milan and gave up on it. He had a bad injury history, but this we're talking way in the past, but he kind of overcame uh, those injuries, which was wonderful. But then you have players like Sanchez who can't or Pellegrini who's looking like he can't, but the book's still out on it if he can or cannot. It's a fine line, Scott, between wanting to play through the injuries and wanting to not play at all. We seem to have both extremes. Like Pellegrini is the type that wants to play through, which is no good. And then I'm hearing reports about Renato Sanchez, who's too afraid to play because he's going to get hurt again. Uh, again, yeah. So... This is what Mourinho and the staff and the team is dealing with. So that's that's a problem. You 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 got to restrict some players from wanting to come back on, and then other players saying, "Like, look, you're you're complete, completely healthy. We got to work you in somehow. You got to not be afraid to go back on the field." So um, in Sanchez's case, apparently Scott, he's been he's been injury free. Like I'm saying, he doesn't have any sort of. Um, he, he ran through some scans, I believe. He doesn't have any sort of uh, lesion or anything. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, but he's still not on the field. Uh, it's worrying. Yeah, 100% worrying. And then you have Pellegrini, who to me never got over an, an injury. So, yeah, we. Um, it's. I didn't mind for like the Ballas case, um, but now I'm starting to see you cannot. You, you mentioned about buying players, cannot buy players with with an injury history or a, a big one. I mean, everybody mm. might have a small one, but you, you cannot continue to buy players with an injury history and hoping the staff can do miracle work um, to get them to, to be on the field. It's just, it, it's unfortunately, it's just not the case. And they need to have a better strategy going through it. And you, you just can't buy half broken players, whether they're good or not. It is what it is. I think the last straw should be with the, should have been with the Bala. He's mm. to me he's an exception. I know I'm a fan of him, Scott. Maybe I'm a little biased, but I get think those take your glasses off. Get them off, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> I hope you can agree with me, but I, I think he's the type of player you make the exception for of how yeah. good he is and, and Lukaku as well. Lukaku, but Lukaku's injury history isn't. I mean, he's had it, but I don't think it's been that quite extensive. Uh, I'm just talking specifically players with big, big injury history. Mm. I, I think with, with the exception of Dybala, unless you get another type that's that good like him, you're talking about a Serie A MVP, I think everybody else, 
you got to factor in the injury history a little more and you got to weigh it when you're making these transfers because you cannot come into a big match against Inter. And again, I'm frustrated as hell when you have half a squad. Yeah, me too. Um, Do you have anything more else to add before we can wrap this up? Just when when we went on a five-game streak before we lost Inter... Just we got to do that again and keep doing more of them if we're on any hope to finishing top four. Yeah, our next three games in all comps is um, Lecce, Slavia Praha, and the big one, the Derby della Capitale, in 13 days. That to me, is, Scott, is the Lazio, for as much as we make fun of them, they had a good Serie A season last year. It is what it is, but this is the time you have to start capitalizing to win it. They're definitely not as good this year. We can see the cracks through it, and Roma should certainly get through the next three games, hopefully with wins. And uh, Roger Ibanez is not playing for Roma no more, so Lazio's best player is out, and we can see the mistake he made at the weekend with his yeah, knees so Yeah, with that lovely hairstyle he has. The cool rose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bold for him to play it off, but fair play. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We've gone twenty minutes talking about injuries for Roma. I think it was a topic we wanted. Uh, I wanted to cover because I was speaking to Sam the other day, and he went on. He was discussing it on his Spanish podcast. But you, uh, you can find us on lamagicast.com and you can find all our previous episodes, the 222 previous ones in the back catalogue on the website. You can find all, find us on all po- podcast platforms, so Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Uh, Joey, thank you for taking time out of your Monday morning, now Monday afternoon, to join me and have a, a, a mini rant about yesterday's defeat in Milan. And hopefully, when we next talk, it'll be positive going into a busy week before the November international break. Yeah, thanks again, Scott. Yeah, it was a mini rant that I think if we did the episode yesterday, it would have been a full Yeah, uh, <laughs> there'll be some, some expletives. Yeah, exactly. I uh, seem to always cool down 24 hours later, which is nice, but yeah, it's just... Like I said, I just hope we can see some less of this and more of um, more of an exciting football and more wins to come. No, no, that's understandable. Thank you for joining. Uh, we'll be probably back next week to talk about the Lecce um, game and then preview the the Slavia Praha game and then the Derby. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the football because it's Coppa Italia games. Then there's Coppa Italia games. There's EFL games. Um, and there's German Cup games as well. I think I've seen on TV. But if not, just have a nice relaxing week. And uh, if you're a football manager fan, I hope you're enjoying the free, uh, the easy access and the FM24 comes out next week, which I am absolutely buzzing for. And I can play that before I go back to work next in two weeks' time. So, ciao. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll speak soon. Take care. Ciao.